Well, amen. Uh, <clears throat> so next time somebody asks me any questions like that, I'm just going to tell them to go to the ark. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> refer them to the ark. Yeah. That's kind of what my plan is from this point forward. <laughs> All right. Well, we do have some announcements I want to get to. Um, of course, you can listen live to the Box Two Radio Network on 91.5 Litchfield Hardensburg, 98.3 Owensboro, Kentucky, or 91.1 Litch, I mean, Highsville, Glasgow. Um, Pregnancy Infant Loss Memorial Walk is this Sunday night at Litchfield City Park. That begins at 5.30 p.m. Um, if you can come and make sure you attend that and participate in that, Miss Nicole Taylor wants to extend the invite to everybody for that event. Um, again, that's this Sunday evening. And then we have the Ruffer Youth Ranch Chili Cookoffs coming up October 28th, beginning at 5 o'clock that night for the dinner. Um, and then this auction will be at 6. The doors will open at 4.30. Um, there will be games, activities. The kids will have a hayride while the auction's going on. There's a silent auction going on from 5 to 6. And so it's just going to be a very exciting night. It's always a really good, fun night. And we're working hard to get all the details and all that event finished up and planned. And so we appreciate anything that anybody would love to donate towards it to to auction off. That's more than um, appreciative as well for a good cause um, to really see these young boys become young men. Amen. And young godly men at that. And so we ask you um, just that's the really only fundraiser they do that yeah. once a year right there. Yeah. And just um, it's a it's a big part of their operating budget back there to make that happen. And so we always and it's always a really good time. Like I said, it's always a lot of fun. Um, we usually have some kind of jail that people can go to and send to. So if you ever wanted to send somebody to jail or time out. <laughs> you get pretty popular around that time, uh, don't you, brother? <laughs> yeah, that's why I, I usually emcee the event. So I usually have my headpiece on the whole night. And it's like it's kind of like you're on the radio because until the auction happens, you're constantly talking. Yeah. And sometimes you feel like you're talking to yourself, um, but that's how they told me to do it. So that's what I do. And I just sit there and talk. And sometimes I have to talk from jail. Uh, (laughs) And so, but now the boys really seem to enjoy it because they get to go do the arresting. That's right. Um, And so, but there is other games as well. And um, we actually have new games this year. um, And a lot of them are kind of creative. Miss Sarah from, um, she sings on the worship team and is part of the church here. Uh, she's she's created a couple of games she's seen on the internet. Her and Heather worked on that, and it's um, like the water bottle flip game. So yep. you know how kids love water bottle flipping. Well, yeah. they made it into a game. Her and Heather did. Wow. And then there is the ring toss. Like so, two liters. We're gonna have like this whole thing of two liters, and you can toss it in there. And if your ring goes on the two liter, you can take the two liter home with you. There you go. Um, and then uh, there is one game's gonna called the paper airplane game. So you get to make your own paper airplane, and you got to fly it into the target. Okay. And so it's games like this. It's yeah. a little bit more creative and probably a little bit more that they're accustomed to. It sounds um, great. And so, um, of course, we'll probably have a few of the older Odie, and Odie but goodies too, the basketball yeah. and stuff like that. But <laughs> those are some of the fun stuff because how many times how many times do you see a kid flipping a bottle? Yeah. <laughs> I know Nolan does it all the time. <laughs> I know I, I there for the longest time it was like seeing everybody doing it. Even there at Sunday school, you know, some of the kids though back a year or so ago, that's what they was into there for a while. So Yeah. Anyway. I mean we've got stuff like VRs, like Hannah was talking about virtual reality where you feel like you're literally there and we've got more entertainment than ever and the thing that takes your mind is flipping a water bottle that's half empty. <laughs> uh, half empty or half full. 
Well, whatever you want to do. I let oh, the, I let that be your personal conviction. That's right. That's right. I no, won't impose mine on you. <laughs> in times past, during the auction, I know sometimes they uh, get the boys up there. Yeah. And, like they'll uh, dedicate a day of service to the yeah. boys or whatever. So in times past, really, I was like, ah, this ain't for me. But anymore, that may be for me. <laughs> have a job or whatever. Yeah, come on, boys. Um, <laughs> yeah, they this year they are building something. The boys are going to actually build something. I seen that. I didn't, of course, didn't know what it was, but yeah. they said they were. I don't know what it together. is either, but they're building something to put it in there. That's awesome. Um, so. And so it it's it's always a very really good event, and yeah. um, everybody has a lot of fun. It's and great. So yeah, um, it's good. I got a couple announcements too. Sure. All right, brother. Uh, this coming Sunday, mm-hmm. the fifteenth uh, at uh, Madrid, starting at seven o'clock. Brother Lance will be there ministering. I heard about that. So, um, Anybody that I know got a lot more things going on, too. But if uh, you're in the area and you want to come here, Brother Lance, uh, he'll be there at Madrid this coming Sunday night at um, 7 o'clock. Most time we start at 6, but with him uh, him leaving from Georgia right after church on Sunday morning, he's like, if y'all could, I'd love to push back to 7. So he's mm-hmm. like, yeah, that's fine. So yeah. that way give him plenty of time to get up here. Now he's going to be at Potter's Hope, too. Yeah, that following week i forgot the exact dates on that but yep. yes that sure is it's coming up it's coming up maybe the 22nd 23rd and 24th i'm not yep. for, um okay. i think that's it but um i just well i'll type in potter's hoping it went to pottery barn uh <laughs> <laughs> but yeah then of course uh we have our uh we've been we started this october we started a prayer meeting on tuesday nights starting awesome. at six there at madrid so mm-hmm. we have that tonight too so awesome then I think I heard correctly because I got a uh, some of the plays on the volleyball team here at Bethel. They have a ball game tonight, correct? Or volleyball game? I reckon that's what I heard. Yeah, through so the grapevine, going to Oak Ridge. So uh, I may end up going to that because uh, on right there by Oak Ridge is uh, where my daughter lives. So really, that might give me a reason to stop and see can, my daughter. You could <laughs> knock out two birds with one stone. That's right. That's right. So. Um, let's see here: twenty fifth, twenty sixth, and twenty seventh. Thank yep. you, Miss Renee. Um, she sent me the picture. So over at Potter's Hope, three days, Crusade for Souls. Um, Brother Lance will be at Potter's Hope Ministries October 25th, 26th, and 27th. Yeah, Billy, Brother Billy just texted me that too. So, All righty. Um, it's going to be a powerful event. I know that for sure. Uh, weather today is going to be a high 68 and the lowest 42 uh, and sunny. At first, it was a little bit of a um, being gone last week in probably pristine condition i don't know if you could have got better weather better weather than we had last week it was it was not hot enough that you would sweat when you walked out the door but it was definitely hot enough to swim and but it but then you got back here and you were instantly going down to like 36 the night we got back and so it was like give me back florida um and so but but you know i can really get used to this weather though i love like yesterday, I don't know how you could ask for a much better day. Now, you couldn't right. swim yesterday, but it was perfect. Yeah. Like just the weather to be around working and hanging out and stuff, it was pretty. And it's going to be. I guess that's why I worked for three different people and got in 12 hours yesterday. It was just such a pretty day. <laughs> like you don't want to waste it. Yeah. Being self employed sometimes, people say, hey, can you do that? Can you? So I just do it. And I yep. love it. And I love it. So. Well, you better get all that in as you can right now because uh, <laughs> weather's on the horizon. <laughs> Yeah, uh, everybody always talks about how they love fall, and I've heard a few older ones, and I think I'm beginning to be like them. They're like, well, 
I like fall weather, but I know what's coming right after that. I know it. <laughs> so, uh, one uh, Miss Renee asked about the date for the chili cook-off. Again, that is October 28th, um, starting at 5 o'clock p.m. So it's uh, just a few Saturdays away. Yep. It's going to be an awesome event. We really enjoy it. Uh, make sure that if uh, this Sunday night, Brother Lance, 7 o'clock, um, and just some really good times coming up. Um, oh, and it's the it's my favorite weather time of the year there you go it really is yeah uh, i love this weather now winter i'm 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 kind of like of that mindset still right now i like to think i'm young enough i can still hang in this mindset um that winter i like better than summer really because summer there's only so many clothes you can take off when you get uh, hot listen <laughs> I thought you were okay there for the longest time, but now that you told me you like winter better than summer, now you just way off. I kind of here. Here's why I like winter. Hey, all right. You must have not ever really. You must have not worked in winter for twenty three straight years. I don't know. Uh, well, I did work a lot of winter, um, but I like winter too because you know it's the more clothes you have on. And you can wear hats and like toboggans, and you don't have to fix your hair very much. And you can grow your beard out. You don't have to worry about shaving um, because it's winter and it's no shave November coming up. So there's a lot of excuses to be very poorly groomed and be okay with it. Okay. That's kind of what I look for to winter. That's all right. Then, so it's not necessarily uh, that you like working in it. Then is that what you're telling me? Well, I don't mind walk. Look, the trip to work can be treacherous sometimes. I know it. I'll pick you up on the way if I need to later on. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. Um, it's that. It's not the. It's not the coming down. That's yeah. really rough. It's that first left I take out the door. Yeah. And it just starts a long journey. I, uh, <laughs> I really do feel we what. We pray there's no ice on the sidewalk. <laughs> you better yeah. believe it. Yeah, my it, dad's gonna have to come blow the ice off. Well, you um, I don't know about Hannah. I don't know how she's making it up here because sometimes she leaves her car up here, has to walk, <laughs> and so she might be frozen by the time she's um, up here. Yeah, because she talked about how cold it was uh, when she walked in. So, yeah, I'm yeah. already cold. Oh, man. And see, um, you know, sometimes you get. You get a pretty harsh wind, yeah. And you um, on that walk over, um, I really do feel like the O timers when they would say, "I'll walk uphill both ways to school, yeah, barefoot in the snow." That's kind of me. It's a rough track, uh, up, man, uphill man. both ways. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. All right. So here's the question: Then, you know, we get cooled off a little bit. Uh-huh. Have you turned your heat on yet? <laughs> In the house, nope. Jokes on you. I don't have heat. <laughs> <laughs> All right, dude. Yep. So I know there's a few people that's probably turned their heat on already. So I know even uh, Sunday morning we was at church and somebody talked about. It. Well, yeah, I turned my heat on this morning. So anyway, so I was. Uh, <clears throat> we didn't turn the heat on at church by no means, and it was Josh no, Newton. It was Josh Newton's favorite Sunday ever because it was a little bit chilly, and he just <laughs> said, "Oh, this is good. This is good." <laughs> yeah. And so, uh, <clears throat> well, I was okay with it too because this is the one thing, and we'll get into the Book of Hebrews, is the way our HVAC set up at the church. Right. Is when you have that on, it is 15 degrees hotter on the stage than it is down there. Yeah. And so, like during the winter. You're smothering. And so everybody else is wearing their jackets and sweaters, and you're up there in a tank top. 
preaching because <laughs> you're sweating bullets up there. So um, I, I told yeah, Hannah, whoa, 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 Hannah, is that correct? It is true. It yeah, is okay. A, all it's right. different up there. The, the He's singers, defendable on this one. The right? singers are up there going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I told I told Brother Tim. I said we're not going to turn the heat on all winter. He said I'm all right with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guarantee he is because I remember going to Mom and Dad's all the time with uh, Maddie or whatever. As soon as we walk in with Maddie. A little bitty baby or whatever, and mom would holler at dad and say, "Make sure you turn the heat up a couple degrees. I don't want my grandkid to get cold." <laughs> but as soon as we left, I'm sure he turned it right back down to where it would have been. So, oh, anyway. oh, what did uh, did he tell you about the other day? Whenever I accidentally took the HVAC key with me, I was in a hurry right before service and. Yeah. It's it's always this running joke between us because I'll turn it way down and he comes in there to service and turns it back up. And so he's always checking me, make sure I'm all right. Well, one Sunday morning I was in a hurry and I took the key and put it in my pocket. Oh, wow. And he couldn't find it. He said, that Aaron, he done stole it. And I didn't realize I had it the whole service until I get to Mexican after service and I go to pay and I reach in and I go, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> my wife said not only did he uh, say turn it up or mom went to turn it up, but he would also tell mom make sure it takes a quarter so make sure you put a quarter in there if you turn it up a degree so. oh man oh, that's good. Um, Heather says she is okay with not turning the heat on at church all winter as well because we are not getting how hot it gets on that stage alright so so far here at Bethel Fellowship we've heard more about not turning the heat on than we have turned it on so if you're out there and you go to church here and you want to Get on the other side of things. You may want to text Aaron. You might hey. want to <laughs> speak wanna... <laughs> now or forever hold your peace. <laughs> that's it. That's it. I knew we'd missed each other for a couple of weeks. I mean, we've had a good time this morning. All right. Well, let's do this. Let's go for it. Uh, which... Ethan's going to speak up right now. He's going to be like, no, he cannot stay in the cold. Yeah. He can't. I think it's because he grew up without heat. Well, he's yeah. in the balcony. Wow. Heat rises. So it's. Yeah. Oh, true. He'll be fine. He's trying, yeah. It's be as hot right. as in the balcony as it is on the stage. So We're going to have to put some meat on his bones. I mean, <laughs> if he had meat like I did, I mean, he wouldn't have to worry about it. Miss uh, <laughs> Kelly Miller says, I guess I need to bring blankets and gloves to church. <laughs> That's it, Sister Kelly. You got it. Ethan said he'll bring his own heater for upstairs. He'll be fine. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, we're just kidding. It's always yeah. warm and toasty. Trust me. I know how warm and toasty it is. That's why I preach from the floor a lot. <laughs> I guarantee it. All right. Well, we'll go to Hebrews chapter 2, um, verse. We're going to go to verse 5. And let me let me get over there. I went into the Rome Bible app. <clears throat> Hebrews chapter 2, verse 5. Well, we are moving quite slowly in Hebrews, but that's okay. <laughs> For unto the angels hath he not put in subjection the world to come, whereof we speak. But one in a certain place testifies, saying, What is man that thou art mindful of him? So if we move back here and start to look at what he's actually saying here, the ESV words it, For it was not to the angels that God subjected the world to come, of which we are speaking. He's actually telling us here, again, re-solidifying Christ's supremacy because he's actually saying, you know, it's it's not the angels that are going to be running this next world. You know, okay. it, who is it? It's it's Christ. Um, and, and also he's alluding to us um, in this regard too because the world to come will be governing on it. 
And whenever the new Jerusalem comes down, Christ will be our head. Christ will be there. But there's going to be established rulers on the earth as well. Um, and so there's going to be, you know, there's a speculation that talks about David reigning at the right hand of, the, of Jesus. Um, you know, and we see throughout Scripture, too, where there's going to be rewards given to some people and not some other people. And some works will burn up in the hay and stubble. And angels will not be our ruler in the next world. And I think the writer of Hebrews, again, is just establishing all this, and which I'm going to go back to my argument that it's, it is kind of like eye-opening a little bit whenever you realize how much the New Testament talks about angels. Because mm-hmm. for a long time until I started to actually think about it and look intentionally into it, I didn't realize how much talk was happening around angels. Yeah. Um, not just in the book of Hebrews. You can go through other parts of the New Testament as well. And it... Well, I mean, Colossians is a whole book that's talking about the interaction with angels, but make sure you're not worshiping them. And so there is, again, a apparent communion with angels to such an extent that there's this common relationship or common knowledge about them, but yet there's a warning not to worship them. But there's yeah. never a warning to ignore them or don't engage with them. Right. There's only a warning not to worship them. Yeah. But it seemed to me at this point, when you really start to look at it hard enough, it's like, well, it seems kind of commonplace. Yeah. They're more prevalent than what we give it sometimes. Yes. Correct. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. they're, uh, they're going to be more in the end than even now, probably. I mean, we know scriptures, it says we uh, entertain angels unaware. Mm-hmm. So you know, a lot of times you probably talk about angels and you lose a lot of people I, I don't know about that but then again you read scriptures like saying brother Aaron through some of these things we've been diving in together through John and Hebrews and through some of these other ones as well and like you just said Colossians we we hear the angels talk a lot yeah so. and then if you go in the book of Acts I mean angels yeah. are flooded throughout that yeah, that book yep. and they're breaking them out of jail they're ministering to them they're I mean they are like they're they're yeah. they're doing a lot of stuff yeah. And yet, for some reason, we have ignored them in the modern-day church, and we don't hear a lot of talk about yep. angels. Uh-huh. Um, and I don't know if it's because our eyes are not open, yep. because I, I know they're probably doing stuff. Right. But I think there's probably a lot of times there's more things spiritually happening around us that we don't see because we're so distracted. Mm-hmm. Right. I got you there. Yeah. And um, And I would say there's a lot of times, like you see, you hear the stories about a kid who, um, I've heard a story about, a kid who was having a really rough time at home and he would say he would go hide behind the couch and yeah. there was a man there who would comfort him and it was an angel. Yeah. He, he believed it was an angel there comforting him. And some people say, well, that's crazy. That's not, but really it, it's not too much in con in contradiction to what we would see in the scripture. So if, if an angel can break somebody out of jail, why couldn't an angel sit behind a couch with a kid? Wow. who was having a horrible life at home to give him peace. Um, and I don't think there's any worship in that. I don't think there's anything like that. But I, I do see there's physical, tangible relationship, like communication somehow with angels in the New Testament. But you don't hear a lot of people talking about that today. And if you do talk about it, somehow you're a weirdo. Yeah. But I don't know, like, when did that – if if you're a weirdo for seeing an angel or even talking to an angel and you start to work – and now, again, you have to be cautious because then you don't want to be like a Joseph Smith. And I think that's why the scripture says if you talk to any angel 
and they preach any other gospel other than the gospel of Christ, let them be accursed. And if anybody, any man preaches any other gospel, yeah, then the gospel of Christ, let them be right. accursed. But it it doesn't say not to engage with angels. And so, I don't know, like somewhere along the lines, it's become taboo to talk about angels and demons and stuff like that. And I really think it's, um, I think the enemies try to distract us from the whole whole arena of because he really don't want to he don't want us to understand what he's doing and i don't think he'll mind to take away angels from us to an extent too if he can distract us to such a point that we're distracted from everything because then we really don't see that in the first verse chapter where it's talking about angels are there to minister to us as inheritors of salvation or they're a flame of fire or you know or they're they're the wind and we're the flame of fire and i think they're the oxygen to our fire and they should breathe on us to accelerate what god's doing in our life and all this is in scripture but yet we ignore it so yeah yeah if the enemy can get us ignorant to the supernatural realm then we're not going to ever understand anything and we're just going to be blinded to what's actually happening Mm -hmm. yeah and even like the scriptures that tell us we don't wrestle against flesh and blood but the principalities he'll keep us blind to the ways he'll get us you know interacting and being, I don't know, kind of wrestling against flesh and blood and not paying attention to the supernatural that's going on behind yeah, stuff right. like that too. So, yeah. And, and now again, I will say all that with angels and make sure that we are clear that we don't, pr- we don't pray to angels. Um, we don't command angels. We don't worship angels. That's right. We don't do any of those. Yeah, and we don't pray to dead saints. We don't do anything to that. Jesus is our great intercessor. He's the only one we need. And now I do believe it's permissible to ask the Lord to send ministering angels. I I believe it's permissible to pray to you know God in campus with a army of angels around us to fight for us. But for us to command them, we see that nowhere in Scripture. And right. so I just feel like it's always worth reiterating that because. There was a move, especially kind of in the charismatic movement and the faith movement for there for a season to where they were trying to command angels. And I think there's nowhere in Scripture that you have that. Because even in Hebrews 2 right here, I know we're not going to get very far, but, you know, he goes on and he's talking about this. This Scripture is predominantly about Christ um, because he goes on to talks about the Son of Man. And he talks about how everything's going to be in subjection under his feet. But, um, you know, it it's... I think it's always important, though, to note that angels are used in the New Testament to minister to the church and minister on behalf of the church. And I don't think we can let the enemy rip that away from us. And for some reason, a lot of people, there's still people that I know that they believe in demons, but they really never say anything about angels. Wow. Yeah, that's a good point right there. And so I, I don't know. I just feel like angels are more significant than the New Testament church gives them credit for. Um, because again, they went and ministered to Jesus in his greatest times of need. Yeah. In the desert, they ministered to him. In the garden, they ministered to him. When they broke Peter out of jail several times, they broke. They they the one the angels rode away the stone for Jesus whenever he was resurrected. Um, you know, it's. I don't. I, I just feel like the angels are pretty significant. Did the angels did roll away the stone? Didn't they? I'm having a brain blank here. <laughs> did Jesus roll away the stone, or did angels? I, that's a great question, brother. Uh, I'm blanking here. The stone was rolled away. Angels had something to do with it. I don't. I know they were either like in the tomb or. This is like this should be elementary right here for I me. Know it. I and know I'm it. blanking. I'm yep. blanking here. I'm gonna have to look at that during the break because we that's are right. at break and we're gonna read our first trivia question here, 
And then we're going to come back and read our memory verse of the week and a quote of the day or memory verse of the day. Um, and then, of course, we have a great guest this morning uh, Amen. for where we're at. Yes. It's um, Brother George Witten from Worthy News and will come on. That's awesome that he come on this morning. I mean, yeah, that's great. Um, we reached out last night, and he was more than willing, and um, he sent us a video. We shared that on Facebook, so you can watch the video as well. But he's going to talk about it, and he, I think he's really swirling with some prophetic insight. Angel of the Lord. Angel of the Lord? Of the Lord. Angel of the Lord. You think that was a Christophany then? I think it was Jesus. Um, Dwayne, Pastor Dwayne said they did set on, the set on the stone inside the tomb. That's what I was – I mean – they were in the tomb. They were yep. in there. Yeah. So I'd have to reread read that again. Let's go for it. Oh my goodness. That's is that Bible question number one for this morning? All right. <laughs> All right. Let's read the trivia question. Amen. Uh, Tuesday question number one sponsored by the Sicilian Bank. What is the biggest annual animal mentioned in the Bible? What is the biggest animal mentioned in the Bible? That's a hard one. Oh my goodness. Two seven oh two five seven two six eight nine. We'll be right back here after the break on mornings on Box Two Radio. Uh, oops, Morton's with Box 2 Radio on the Box 2 Radio Network. Excuse me. We'll be right back here. All righty. We are back here on Morton's with Box 2 Radio on the Box 2 Radio Network. Um, that question, I don't really know how to take that question, to be honest with you. Um, Pastor Dwayne called in with two different mentions. And even what Google said that the our largest animal was, and it's not what Miss Gretchen has here. So it's hard to. I don't know. I feel like I may readdress the question um, because I feel like it's kind of a one that's really difficult. Um, because in my head, I was thinking Leviathan, and and then uh, let's see here, Dwayne Kidd. That's what he said, too. That's kind of where I was at in my head when I first read the question without reading the answer. Um, <clears throat> but then Dwayne, Pastor Dwayne said this. Oops, I'm sorry. What Google was saying, and there was another name for it, the um, behemoth. And that was another one that I, you know, you thought about. But then um, I don't know. Like one of those could have been. Because <laughs> the I don't I don't know So who did you give the answer to? I haven't gave it to nobody yet Because um, you're waiting to see Behemoth the, Well like the, uh, This one could have This one probably could have been read as What is the biggest species of animals Mentioned in the Bible Okay Because that Her answer would have fit there but we don't know if Behemoth was bigger than this animal or not, though, for right. sure. Or I don't think Leviathan was. I think Behemoth was the biggest one now that I start to think about it. Um, I don't know. Maybe it could have been. I'm really – I'm like anytime there's an answer in here that can go either way, I feel so bad because it's kind of true. Um, I don't know. I'm stumped. All right. Amen. Somebody else make an executive you're decision. <laughs> I would say you're going to, if you're just stumped, I I mean, I would probably say, well, we're just going to have to exnay that question and uh, normally, start the next one. Normally, like in school or anything, it has to be whatever the question maker 
Said Even it. though there could be other things, you know, we could maybe have I got a, you. That's a good different. One, it's whoever made the question that has to line up with, you know, the answer that they well, put. Well, how about this? I readjust the question a little bit <laughs> because this will, I think that will make it better of okay. what is the, what's the biggest species of animal right. or kind of animal. And so instead of having a specific name, what kind, what's the biggest kind of animal in the scripture? And that one would probably be a little bit easier to define and find in that one. Um, so, all right. Well, our memory verse of today, Psalm eighty four eleven: For the Lord God is a sun and shield, and the Lord will give grace and glory. Um, no good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. Uh, that's a good promise. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. Uh, quote of the day is a quote by John Piper. Um, grace is not simply leniency when we have sinned. Grace is the enabling gift of God not to sin. Grace is power, not just pardon. I love that. Grace is power, not just pardon. And of course, again, our guest today is Brother George Witten from Worthy News. Uh, he's going to be on with us, and we're going to talk all things Israel. And um, he has incredible insight into Israel and prophetic insight into the Scripture. And, um, you, you, you know, of course, he's... He, he, I don't think he's presently in Israel. He's in, they're still in the United States, but their home is Israel. Wow! And so, but they've been in the United States for a while now. Yeah. Um, and they're coming. They just come. You know, we just come out of some pretty major biblical festivals, and um, and so he he has some. I I didn't get to watch the whole video he shared last night, but I did watch some of it, and yeah. it's I'm I'm really excited for him to share this yeah. morning. And kind of just show us a little bit and give us some insight in what's going on in Israel, but right. also prophetically what's going on in Israel. So yeah. he should have answered that question yesterday, that's not me. That's, um, right. that's all right. <laughs> hey, but listen about this uh, angel rolling away the stone. Okay. Hey, we got Matthew 28, Mark 16, and Luke 24. Okay. And unless I am looking wrongly, the only time that it says actually in, uh, about rolling the stone away is verse 2 of Matthew 28. And it said, And behold, there was a great earthquake, for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rode, rode back the stone from the door and sat upon it. Uh -huh. And see, even in Mark 16, it says here, uh, Very early in the morning, first day of the week, they came in the sepulcher at the rising of the sun. They said to themselves, Who shall roll away the stone from the door of the sepulcher? And they looked. They saw that the stone was rolled away. So it really didn't say... Who wrote it away there? Yeah. All right. And again, in Luke 24, it also said there, um, it never really said who wrote the stone away. It said, verse 2 said, and they found the stone rolled away from the sepulcher. So, anyway, that's, I mean, I know that our minds is probably going everywhere this morning, those that are listening. But actually, that I see right on the spot here, just verse 2 is of Matthew 28 says, for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door. Mm -hmm. So, anyway. Yeah, but now, the way I've seen it in the Old Testament, though, yeah, when usually when it's a Christophany, it will capitalize. I got you. And this one is not capitalized. Right. And uh, see, but of course, I know that uh, probably I'm just throwing this out there too. Yeah, I've always been taught and always kind of seen when I see angel of the Lord 
that it is Jesus. Yeah. You know, so, but that's, you know, you say, you got people that say, well, how can Jesus do that? Well, we know Jesus is everything. He was in the beginning. He is the, he is everything. So, yeah. I mean, to say that Jesus rode the own stone away, okay, if that's how it is, yeah, I know he sure. can. But, you know, can, that's just me. He's God. Um, Pastor Dwayne Kidd makes a good statement. Um, Jesus could not have descended because he had not ascended yet, though. I got you. So, so then I don't know. I like to think. Uh, <laughs> I know we do. <laughs> Amen. Uh, no, it's good. It's good. So I don't know. Like you know, it it does. There is times in the Old Testament that we believe angel of the Lord does represent the Christophany. So the question is on this one: Is the angel of the Lord? I'd have to look. I would like to. It's impossible for me to do it while I'm hosting this sh- the broadcast. Yeah, and, right. But I would like to look at some of the Greek and the Hebrew behind all yeah. these words, and because if if the word Elohim is used, Elohim has been used for many different kinds of beings. Now there is a great Elohim, but then there are some other Elohim's that um, there's one part. Well, I mean, like, all right, so let's say like um, I think it's in Job. There's a part where Elohim is used, and it's definitely not talking about God. So it's talking about a different one, but then uh, I don't know. I'd have to look at some of this, this wording here. And that's a really, this would be a really hard question. Um, trivia question, uh, <laughs> but you're good at getting all those scripture together. How'd you do that so fast? I just, that's what I tried to focus on there for some moment. So oh. anyway, but uh, man, that was, that was, that was impressive. Pastor <laughs> Josh. I don't know about that, but that's I mean, why you're the, Having a good study Bible or something like that, you know, it kind of references those things. So that's why I then also Rachel was talking about how it said angel of the Lord. Then Brother Billy said angel. And, you know, so I just kind of try to get it all together there real quick. And yeah. So their way, you know, if we're talking about it, I don't want to leave our listeners hanging. Sure. You know what I'm saying I want to give them something to think about as they get ready to go to work or whatever. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, so it's just, I mean, it is pretty amazing. We just... Some of these things we, I think, me more mostly than others say, well, I can't explain it. I just know what happened. Mm-hmm. You know, but then again, it's like, well, let's kind of look into it a little bit more. You know what I'm saying? Let's kind of, how did it happen? How did, you know, so anyway, I know that it happened and I know he rose again from the grave. That's what I know for a fact. So, yeah. And we know that it did. Oh. So what are you diving into now, brother? Well, I'm actually looking at the scriptures that talk about angel of the Lord. Uh-huh. Um, let's see, Second Kings nineteen thirty-five, and that night the angel of the Lord went out and struck down one hundred eighty-five thousand in the camp of the Assyrians. Um, Psalm thirty-four seven, the angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and delivers them. Um, Exodus three two. Now that would definitely be the angel of the Lord Jesus because he appeared to him in the fire. Um, of the midst of a bush. Uh, let's see here. I'm, and Brother Aaron, when you say Christophany, mm-hmm. okay, I know I've heard you say that several times, but Christophany, if I'm correct, or I want you to kind of sure. say, it's more or less an appearance or an image. I think it's of, the I think it's the appearance of Jesus prior to Jesus' actually mm-hmm. birth. Okay. All right. Um. See, because that's kind of what I remember being taught as a kid and also kind of looking into Scripture. 
angel of the Lord that is more or less, that is Jesus. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? When he wrestled with Jacob, it said angel of the Lord. So therefore he was wrestling with Jesus there. Mm-hmm. But I mean, that's, you know, but I know sometimes like, you know, I'll be honest with you. I looked up Christophany and, you know, you look it up many places, I guess, whatever. But it actually just says the appearance of a non-physical manifestation of Christ mm-hmm. is what it says. So Now, Acts 8.26, an angel of the Lord said to Philip, rise and go toward the south to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a desert place. So. Do you think there would be an angel talking or Jesus? Well, huh. that's, I mean, no, I, I I'm not disagreeing with no, you. No, no, like, no. like that's a real, that's, that's a real a question. Good, that's a real question. No, you're good. You're good. Cause I'm just looking at all these and yeah, seeing angels of the Lord. Yeah. Yep. Um, I don't know. This is a really challenging, good question. Yeah. But what, I mean, what say ye, Hannah? Let's say he. I'm just trying to look at the Hebrew, the um, yeah Hebrew for each one, because it might. A lot of times they'll translate it as the same, but sometimes it'll have different yeah. Hebrew translation. I got you. Yeah. Yep. And then in Acts 12:23, it says, "And immediately an angel of the Lord struck him down because he did not give God the glory, and he was eaten by worms and breathed his last." Um, Acts 12:7. Behold, an angel of the Lord stood next to him, and a light shone in the cell. He struck Peter on the side and woke him, saying, Get up quickly, and the chains fell off his hands. Um, Acts 10.3, about okay, that night. Then when it said verse 8 of that, verse 7, Acts yep. 7, then as soon as verse 7 was over, it says, And the angel said unto him, Gird thyself and bind up thy sand- on thy sandals. So do you think that that was the same angel as it said in the angel of the Lord there? It sounds like it's the same angel talking. Okay. But yep. I don't... Um, I don't know. Then Acts 5, 9. Yep. An angel Lord opened the prison doors and brought them out. About the ninth hour in Acts 10, 30, um, he saw clearly in a vision an angel of God coming in and saying to him, Cornelius. So it was, I guess the question on this is, is all this Jesus doing this or is it an actual angel? Yeah, actual angel. Um, I think it's hard to tell but because a lot of that, uh, whenever I looked at the Strongs, it was the same for a yeah. lot of them. Um, but it just said a messenger of God. No nope. messenger. Pastor Dwayne, we're still trying to figure out this angel. He's already asking me another question. <laughs> he said, why did, an, why, did an, why did an angel direct Philip when he had the Holy Ghost already? <sighs> man, oh man. He, that's <laughs> awesome. Can I not figure this one out wow. first? <laughs> all right. All right, then. All right. Well, I do I do think I have an answer for that, though. That's all right. Because I do think that we have the Holy Ghost, for yep. sure. And I think Philip had the Holy Ghost. But I think that even in Hebrews, he's, again, reiterating to us that I think angels are used to ministering. Because you cannot say that Jesus did not have the Holy Ghost. Right. <laughs> like, you can't yeah, say it. And he, he needed But yet he, he had to be angels. ministered. He had to be ministered to angels. Yeah. I mean, by angels, too, several times in his life, even in the garden. Um, you could Maybe you could argue that in the – well, no, because he was baptized before he went into the wilderness. So he was already – you know, whenever he got baptized, the Holy Spirit descended like a dove, and the, the Father spoke. And so, you know, I think he already had the Holy Ghost before that, of course. But, you know, it was – I think all that's significant. But I, I feel like if Jesus had to be ministered to by angels, I don't think it would be any – Doubt, degrading thing to say that Philip had to be yeah. directed by angels as well. Now, again, I, I don't believe in, like, guardian angels. I don't believe in any of that. 
Okay. I, I don't really think we're assigned an angel that follows us around. Yeah. I think there's a ministering angels, and I think there's ministering spirits, and I think that um, there's angels that do different things. Uh, Miss Gretchen said, read Matthew 28, 1 through 7 on an angel. Um, read the whole thing. So we can do that. Uh, Matthew 28, in the end of the Sabbath, I began to dawn toward the first day of the week came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to see the sceptre. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and set upon it. His countenance was like lightning, his remnant white as snow, and for the fear of him the keepers did shake and became as dead men. And the angel answered and said to the woman, Fear ye not, for I know that you seek Jesus which is crucified. He is not here, for he is risen, as he has said. Come, see the place where the Lord lay. So I guess that would solidify like the whole context of there that this guy, I mean, this angel is saying, like, Jesus isn't here for which he was crucified. Yeah. He is not here for he is risen. And go quickly and tell his disciple that he is risen from the dead. And behold, he goeth before you into Galilee. There shall you see him. So with that, yeah. that is that telling us that that angel who did roll away the stone wouldn't have been Jesus there? Wow. That would have been easy enough. We yeah. wouldn't have had to look at 50 other scriptures. We knew we should ask Gretchen, right? <laughs> Can, all right, we need you on Tuesdays too. That's right. Yes, we do. Um, but that is interesting now because then we have to figure out when the angel of the Lord is pertaining to Jesus when it's not. Yeah. Because there is some that unequivocally has to be. Like when Jacob yes. wrestled with the angel, like we, that, that, we believe that was Jesus, like without That's a doubt. What I believe, yeah. Um, but then, I mean, in the, in the New Testament too, though, we see, you know, the angel of the Lord that would take upon the seal or take right. upon the trumpet or dump the bowls I in Revelation you. too. So yeah. um, I guess that really does make sense once you reconcile everything together. And then, well, I mean, this here I see about where it says angel of the Lord, then it says the angel said, hey, he's not here. Mm-hmm. And said, I've told you. Yeah. All right, then you go back to where also the jail, if they was in jail and it says the angel of the Lord opened up the cell. Yeah. All right. Now I can see where that right there could have been Jesus coming in there and saying, hey, I'm going to break this thing open, open up, and let, you know, get out. But then again, you read this, and you think, all right. So since it said angel of the Lord there at first, then it said angel, but then again we see as if it looks like it's talking about the same angel that's still there. Mm-hmm. And so therefore you, you gave me something really to think about, and I appreciate that. I didn't. Miss Gretchen did. Miss Gretchen did. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Gretchen. <laughs> I thought I was out of high school, but I guess I'm still in it, right? <laughs> now she said, now go back to the largest animal today in the Bible. <laughs> We're still... All right, so it's let's do this on this question. We're going to do this on this question. The largest animal that's still living. living. Okay. All right, so so behemoth, Leviathan, we don't really We're, believe there. Yeah. Now, you might have some spiritual things with Leviathan, but... That's as, a good... Did she make it, or did she say say that, or did living, you say that? Or the spirit. That's good. I don't no, know. living. Oh, living. her. Her, her. yep. There She's on go. it this morning. She, I got it. She ate her spiritual Wheaties. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the largest animal mentioned in the Bible that is still living. living. There you go. That will be better. So when we go to break at 8 o'clock, we'll have that one too, correct? Yeah. We're not break yet. So. No, we're not at break yet. <laughs> so don't call in because, Aaron, we still need you right now, brother. <laughs> All right, but I want to go back to Pastor DeWayne's, though, about yeah. why would Philip need an angel to tell him if he had the Holy Spirit. But Because I, I, I do think, though, that once we receive the Holy Spirit, um, just 
when we're baptized in the Holy Spirit, we're still growing. And like we yes. supernaturally are not super Christians immediately. Like he's still stretching. He's still cutting on our ear. We're still thick-headed enough sometimes not to listen to what the Holy Spirit tells us. Um, but I also think that um, just because the Holy Spirit has come doesn't ever equate to the Lord stopped using angels. Because Peter and them had the Holy Ghost when they, they was in the jail cell. And I think angels were very still instrumental. And I don't, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm still like not ready to teach on this completely, but I am still amazed how much angels are mentioned in the New Testament. Yeah. I really am. Like, and I'm not wanting to make like a new doctrine. I'm not wanting to say angels are the things that's missing from the move of God. Like, I'm not going to do that. Like, that's not my objective. I just don't want to be missing something that God uses to equip and build his body because we just, you know, ignore it yeah. or um, are is afraid of it. Like, I got you. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just there. Um, but I do think that we see angels administering healing in the Scripture. We see angels giving the word of the Lord instruction. Um, we see angels breaking people out of jail. Um we see angels facilitating some guy getting eaten by worms. Um, like, well, I think when we when we pray to the Lord and we pray for the Lord to do things, I think he uses whatever he needs to use in a particular situation to show us what we need to be showed, to show mm -hmm. us that. So with I'm sure with them breaking them out of jail and the angels and things like that, I'm sure that they had experienced something about how Jesus had taught them about how I will send, just you said, the angel of the Lord sometimes meant a messenger, I think you said a while ago. Mm -hmm. I'm going to use met this messenger to do the work that needs to be done. Okay. Mm -hmm. so, and then warfare, too, because we see angels actually, it says in a few of those, like actually killing men, right? Wow. Yep. Um, like engaging in warfare. Uh -huh. And then also, I don't know, I was gonna trying to find scripture that talked about like spiritual warfare with angels and demons, but I'm not sure. I haven't really found a scripture on that. Well, Daniel would be the biggest one. Yeah. Because we have Michael fighting the Prince of Persia. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think that's probably one of the most significant ones that give us insight. And um, so I know there's that aspect. There's the warfare aspect of angels. Yeah. Because yeah. it's the host of heaven's army heaven's army basically right. angels are and then there's that one time that elisha was it elisha who turned around to his servant and said lord opened his eyes and the servant's eyes is either elijah or elisha and he basically said lord open the eyes of the servant so he could see right and the servant looked around and realized there's more angels encamped about him than there were enemy coming at him and it was kind of this you know i think sometimes but i think that's also an indicator that there could be spiritual things happening around us that we never perceive because our eyes are not open. Yeah. And I think sometimes, but I do think that you have to be careful and be ready. If you pray, God, let me see spiritually what's happening. Oh man. Because I think there's probably a lot more spiritually happening than we'd ever imagine. Yeah. And, um, but I, I mean, the enemy's done a really good job of trying to play all of this stuff down and get it to the point to where with Hollywood and the help of culture and the help of 
mocking and using things like Halloween. And I'm not trying to hit the hot topic. I'm not. But so nobody turn off the dial. Nobody freak out for a minute. Okay, just take a deep breath. I'm 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 not going into anything. All right, Halloween is not a gospel issue. All right, so I'm just saying this from this point. Halloween uses things such as witches and warlocks and zombies and ghosts and all these things as child play, and we belittled it. And so what happens when we belittle it is people don't know how to interpret it correctly. And so when things like that happen, now we don't really know how to give it the level of seriousness that it deserves. Yeah. And so the enemies try to dumb down everything to such an extent that we won't tap into anything. Wow. And mm-hmm. and so this is where we have to be on guard and protect our own hearts and our own minds and our own eyes and our own ears because we really do need to be able to sense what's going on spiritually. And a lot of times, not a lot of times, the body of Christ doesn't have spiritual discernment. We just have natural pre- preferences. So the things we call spiritual discernment are just character traits about somebody we don't like, and we call that discernment. Or um, they're not who I think they should be, or they're yeah. not dressed the way I should be, and we call that spiritual discernment. That's not spiritual discernment. That's your preference. Right. All right. Spiritual discernment is being able to discern the spirits, and that's not discerning people. Like, we use discerning spirits as discerning people. But discerning spirits are much deeper than just figuring out if Josh is a great guy or not. Yeah, that That's that's something we could do with what Hannah said she used to like until she got delivered from, what was it, the... You, you talked about that one morning. You used to be obsessed with it, and then now you realized how you... It was... <laughs> oh, something... A show that I was... No, it was... No, you, you talked about this on air before, so I didn't put words in your mouth. You've talked about openly the personality thing. Oh, the personality test thing? Yeah. Oh, Enneagram. What's, yeah, and you was talking about that one morning. And yeah, yeah. I don't, it's, I don't, where, it's basically where you, uh, it's like nine different personalities, and you identify with a certain personality, and you kind of judge people. You're like, oh, you're that personality, so you're going to. Yeah. yeah. And I'm not putting words in her mouth. I don't know if right. she says she got lived from her or not. But no, I, was I just did joking. talk about it. But she did talk about it. Yeah. But but we do stuff like that mentally and call that discerning. Mm. And that's not discerning the spirits. And so I think a lot of times what we call discernment is just personality observance and whether we like them or not. Because when we really start to discern the spirits, we're on a whole nother level because then Ephesians 6 comes into play and we realize, I'm not discerning people. I'm discerning spirits. And I'm not wrestling against flesh and blood. I'm wrestling against spiritual things. And so I'm able to see on a deeper level. Now, yeah. that might be spirits people have. Yeah. But if you're discerning the spirit is just personality characteristics, you're missing the point of what discerning the spirit wow. says. And it's a very shallow interpretation of it. Wow. And so we have to go deeper. And that's what the Lord's trying to do is take us deeper. And deeper does not mean weirder always. That's right. And so, like, just because you go deeper don't mean you have to flop on the floor like a fish and let your eyes roll on your head 17 times, and that's called spirituality. Going deeper means consistency, maturity, putting your big boy pants on. You're able to discern things in the spirit, your truth, your truth seeker. You're going to obey truth. We've substituted all of that for weirdness and called it spirituality. But spirituality for me and and the truest thing, like if you're a mature believer who walks in truth and guards yourself, that's a weirdo today. You're you're peculiar. Yeah. 
And that's the weirdo I want to be. I, that's I, exactly right. I, yeah. I mean, I'm not going to substitute truth and maturity for exuberance and call it revival. And so um, I don't know how we got there, but we that's did. All right. um, that's all right. We're at break time and we need to get this animal question answered. <laughs> Uh, so what is the biggest animal still living mentioned in the Bible? We're going to go there. Amen. 270-257-2689. We will be right back here after the break on Mornings with Box 2 Radio on the Box 2 Radio Network. All righty. We are back here after the break on Mornings with Box 2 Radio. We got an answer for this animal question finally, um, only to find out the next question is what's the... <laughs> Smallest animal. So we got the biggest one done finally. Um, the second trivia is going to be. <laughs> and what was that answer this morning for the biggest animal? It is a whale. Mentioned in word Genesis 121, it says. Yeah, and Joey Sosh got that correct. There you go. Thank you so much, Brother Joey. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, brother. And Miss Gretchen said, when you get to the second <laughs> trivia, it's not an ant. Oh my goodness. So she gave a hint. It yeah. is not an ant. <laughs> oh Smallest animal mentioned in the Bible. Oh, oh my man. Um I speak well. I'm well, I'm expecting my wife on that smallest animal. I'm expecting her to send me a text here in just a moment. Uh, well, it's uh we were you know, I, I, I learned well from Dory from Finding Nemo. Um she speaks well too. <laughs> Yeah. And, you know, Nemo. <laughs> All right. And so I learned to speak well one time. And, um, yeah, yep. I got you. Yeah. I remember that now. Yeah. I, you know, just, you know, it's, I've, I've mastered that. It took me a moment to get what you're talking about, but I got what you're talking about now. Yeah. I remember Hi, doing I'm that. Dory. <laughs> yeah. Hi, I'm Dory. <laughs> <laughs> just keep swimming. Just keep. All right. Anyways, um, uh, <laughs> We were at uh, Rainforest Cafe last week, and they had Dory fish. So that's the only reason I'm Is that right? on Dory Mind. All right, anyways. Um, <clears throat> well, we've had some great questions here. We figured out who opened the tomb, um, and we've talked about Philip being instructed by the angel. Um, even though we had the Holy Spirit, how God still used angels to minister. Um, that was a really good question by Pastor Dwayne, um, challenging one in the midst of the other challenging one. Um, and so questions are getting more challenging. Either I need to study more or we're just getting better with these questions. No, I mean, it's teaching me something, brother, that actually people like to hear maybe the word and hear what we think about certain things on certain topics of questions because every question that's been brought up this morning is not really one we even prepared for through the thing that you yeah i got six it. questions here and i didn't get to answer one of them yet <laughs> we've been in an hour and 10 minutes and we ain't even got to the first one brother oh my goodness and we got george whitten coming on george here a few Whitten's minutes come on so. 20 minutes i know it anyway um, hey we just have more for tomorrow <laughs> <laughs> oh man we need some structure when jacob comes on i'm just kidding i'm just kidding <laughs> Did you hear that, Swifty? Oh, All right, we like to talk. We've got some structure. That's why we brought Miss Katie on on Wednesdays. Now <laughs> she she can keep Jacob in line. Is she going to be here now? Is she going to be the? She's a permanent co-host. Awesome. Oh, I, I do have a picture, yeah. Katie, if you're listening, and Jacob of the Creation Museum. It talked about flat Earth not being biblical, <laughs> so I'm just gonna. 
I'm just going to show you all what they said. Oh, praise the Lord. Oh, wow. There you go. We're, man, oh, man. We're, we've been talking about um, redoing the church sign out there. And so Josh cracked me up yesterday because he took a picture and he's, he's getting some connections made with us. And so um, and we I do appreciate him doing that, taking the initiative because it was we've been talking about it for a long time. But, you know, when you get busy and get going, it's just you have to prioritize. So, yeah. Well, he's, we have a globe on the front. He said, do we need to change that to a flat earth globe? <laughs> I said, no. Josh said that. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, my. I guess that's a big, uh, that's uh, uh, some kind of joker in here. So I may have to question Josh on that <laughs> later on, okay? When I see, if I see him at the game tonight, I don't know how much game oh, I'm going to be able to I hope Josh and Katie's it. listening right now. <laughs> oh, man. Send send so. that picture to Josh and Katie. Send that picture. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. The only thing, though, is I don't think they put a scripture on this one. But they talk about how scripture um, implies a, includes passages that imply around earth. Yeah. So was that your first thought, though, whenever you saw that? Oh, yeah. Like, as soon as we saw Flat Earth, we're like, oh, Josh and Katie and Jacob, we got to take a picture of this. <laughs> like, we really have, we really don't, aren't opinionated on it at all. I've just kind of been listening to what they say about it and stuff. But then we just saw that and we're like, all right, got to show them. Yeah, that's it. But it was pretty funny that it <laughs> said it. that the Bible implies the round earth. <laughs> Oh, it was. Oh, that's funny. We also saw one that talked about uh, instructing us to eat meat and we were going to like to stop eating vegetables and start eating, not stop eating vegetables, but I really, stop eating where only, is this place? only vegetables <laughs> <laughs> and start eating meat. And then Ethan's like, oh, Aaron. And he's like, well, Aaron already knows about that. Though. Yeah. I'm already, <laughs> Aaron's always, Aaron's already got that revelation. This isn't new news to him. <laughs> I'm, I'm walking in the spirit already. <laughs> and we didn't even know it. <laughs> I've never been there. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I felt something. Shoot. I told you I felt something spiritual about bacon. Like, yeah. I, I told you I all. I know you have. The, yeah. cross, the cross changed the game, okay? <laughs> the cross changed everything. <laughs> I really need to go oh, to this well. place. <laughs> I got I to gotta make a trip. <laughs> so no, have you not been to um I haven't either been, one of them? I have not been to either one of them. Either one. Okay. So um honest um one of these days we talked about it um several times going, but yeah. We may wait till our kids are a little bit older. Yeah. See, like I say, I, I believe that that's uh when we went to Creation Museum, I believe that Maddie was just a little bit too young. Mm-hmm. You know, she just was. And I mean so therefore um that's I think we just more or less as we was reading, you know, as I was diving into it and reading a couple of sentences, she was like, Oh, what's over here? Oh, what's it? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, you like, kinda need him to be older, at least old enough to read this stuff yeah, and that's right, pay attention. That's right. So. I did like this though. I took a picture of um it had like the serpent around it and it says like it's the enemy saying, If I can convince you that the flood wasn't was not real, then I can convince you that heaven and hell are not real. Mm-hmm. Wow. So I like I liked how, you know, they really did their yep. due diligence in explaining, you know, not just like the biblical reasons why the flood, like the biblical perspective, but they gave the world's perspective right. too. And like scientists and things and they did a comparison. Um so that's pretty cool. We well, were getting to at least one question this morning. <laughs> <laughs> which one do we do if we're only gonna do one? Y'all pick it. Y'all uh, pick which one. Which one y'all wanna do? Well, I like to promise. All right. 
What is the promise spoken of in Acts 2.39? So if we go here, what is the promise spoken of in Acts 2.39? All right, it says, For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. So what is the promise? The promise, I mean, I think, of course, I mean, I know we do this a lot, but I do this as well. But I go back a little bit, a couple of verses. Yeah, we have mm-hmm. to with you this know, one. You got to with that one, correct? The gift of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. I mean, because it says, Then Peter said unto them, Repent, be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Mm-hmm. I believe a lot of things, when you promise something, it's a gift. Mm-hmm. All right? You know, it's a gift. And I believe here that it's the infilling and to be able to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, the promise. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, listen, this is, we know this is when the early church was started. All right. I'm sure that if they were always walking around Jesus, I'm just kind of talking right now. If they were walking around Jesus and always the empowerment, the one that always brought the power was right there. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I believe that after this, they thought, man, what, what's going on? But then again, he told him in John, we've read about, we've talked about that back months ago in John about the comforter. Mm-hmm. But then we read here about the Holy Ghost, you know, and they's like, how do we do this? What shall we do? But what got them to this point was even several verses before verse 38, it says they were even pricked in their heart. I forgot how far back that was. It said they were pricked in their heart that they realized they crucified. Mm-hmm. They crucified Jesus. And then he said, oh, man, what we must do? You know, you ever been around people before that really need a wake-up call? I mean, in my spiritual walk before, Brother Aaron, I've needed a wake-up call. Mm-hmm. It's almost like, all right, what do I need to do now? What do you mean what do you need to do? You need to repent. Let's start. Let's get all this sin out of your life. Whether you be that, uh, Brother Billy's been preaching a lot here lately, and he's more or less said, you know, he feels as if even though he's been serving the Lord since uh, 1979, I believe it is, and uh, his uh, spiritual birthday's coming up this week. and But still yet, even the last six, eight months a year, he said it's like I've been repenting more than I ever have. Yeah, mm-hmm. because it's just about us understanding about the motto that he set for our church back in November. He must increase. I must decrease. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How do we decrease? We decrease by repenting. Yeah. Okay. So I do believe, Brother Aaron, I wanted to hear your take a little bit on this. I do believe the promise is talking about the gift of the Holy Ghost. Yeah. I think there's three or four things that Miss Hannah can come in, too. Um I think there's three or four things, actually. The promise, I believe, is the gift of the Holy Spirit. Okay. But I think the the verse is significant because it's the promise is the gift of the Holy Spirit coming to dwell in man. And it's to us. Well, he's actually, okay, let's specifically talk about who he's talking about. When he says to you, he's talking to the Jews, and he's talking to their children. And then he says to all who are far off, then which is the Gentile church. But then he's actually then says this, even as many as the Lord our God shall call, He's, he's giving that, that it's only to those who are born again. Mm-hmm. So he's really clarifying a lot of things in this scripture in verse 20, 39. And so he's saying it's to the Jew first and then to those who are far off, because he used that same vernacular in Ephesians um, and other ones that we were far off, but he yeah. brought us near. And that's always been the prophetic indicator. Actually, I just learned recently, I didn't know this, whenever he called 72, remember that? Mm-hmm. Whenever he sent the 72 out? Mm-hmm. 
I didn't know this. Honestly, I don't know how. I mean, like, I just missed this all the time until just uh, just recently. The Jews thought there were 72 nations. And so whenever they sent out 72, it was basically a prophetic indicator. He's sending them out to the nations. And so um, Jesus even mentioned how he, it, this thing's not staying just to the Jew. It's yeah. to the Jew first, but he died for everyone. Yeah. Right. And so he's saying here the promise is to those who are called, to those who are born again, to those who the Lord has drawn. The promise of the Holy Spirit is not to every single person. Yeah. It's to those as many as the Lord has called and draws. Mm. Right. I think it's important how, you know, the verse after that too says, and with many other words he testified, exhorted them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. Then those who gladly received his word were baptized. Because mm-hmm. in order to repent, you have to realize that you're living in sin and that you need to repent. Yeah. And that the and the world is not your home. The world is not any place for you. Because he said this perverse generation. Yeah. Um, and I think that's the problem until we can come to that point of repentance we love the world and love everything in it and we don't realize how evil it truly is yeah yeah you know something we never really thought about here either well yeah three thousand people got saved from this sermon yeah could you imagine baptizing three thousand people in one day (laughs) 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 like that would be a feat like that's a real big deal but would you think that more than one person was baptizing people? Well, I hope so. If not, I feel sorry for that person. <laughs> Surely. But, you know, it, it about had to be. That's like, I mean, I mean, that's like WWE baptism right there. That's like, <laughs> chop, pop. I think like, that's what they did with, like, uh, the Jesus Revolution. I think they had multiple people. Yeah. You have to. I mean, you'd about have to, yeah. Like, I mean, that's, that's dunk and go right there. Like, I mean, if one person's doing all that, I don't know if you can baptize 3,000 people one day by yeah. yourself. Well, so that would have to be a pretty good yeah. amount of people baptizing. That's for sure. That's for sure. Yeah. No, I mean, I believe it's multiple. And I mean, that. I mean, just think of how great it would have been. Oh, that would have been awesome. I mean, you ain't kidding, man. I mean, to see all those things transpiring and going, doing that. But yeah. I mean, to see not only that, brother Aaron, but seeing them baptized, but also seeing them doing what he said, repent. Yeah. You know, if we ever get it, even us as a church, yeah. you know, get to the point of where we die and where we repent or where we really sold out for Christ, I mean, just how awesome yeah. that is. Yeah. You know, so. It would have been an awesome day. <laughs> but I really never really sit back and I guess we always talk about, you know, the 3,000 got added to the church that day. Yeah. The 3,000. But yeah. to sit back and think about what it would have been like to see that 3,000 people getting baptized, 3,000 people coming to Christ, 3,000 people repenting, 3,000 people. And that's just a start because it was just as good the next day. So um, I don't know. Like that was, I guess I never really sat back and just let my mind wonder about that feat of, you know, the we had just that college campus recently, a, a few hundred being baptized in one day. Yeah. And it was a massive crowd around that lake. And that was a big event and a big ordeal. But to have three thousand, there there would have to be several, several baptizing. Yes. Um, but like, how do you even get that started? Like, I mean, we we kind of have the idea now because we've been doing this so long. So, you know, we've we've baptized fifteen people or something like that yeah. on a Sunday morning. We've done that, but we you know we're we're well accustomed. They're kind of just like new to all this. Like, 
I mean, they're not new to baptism per se. Right. But you know, like there's there wasn't really a church. There was just some of them meeting in an upper room praying, waiting for the next. They're they were up there waiting for their next direction, I guess you could say. And then all of a sudden, the fire of God fell. The Holy Spirit fell. Peter went and preached a sermon. And this is all in the same motion. Like, this is one swoop. Basically, if I'm reading this right, Peter basically goes outside and starts preaching. And 3,000 people get saved. How much of a faith boost do you think that was to Peter when that happened? <laughs> That's a big faith boost. <laughs> I mean, you know, you're preaching. You talk and about- you're speaking what the Lord told you to do, and therefore you see activation through the people. Yeah. I mean, I'll be honest with you. When I give an altar call and I see a couple people come up for an altar call, I mean, my boost is like, man, that's all. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But then to see... 3,000 people? <laughs> my goodness, brother. Yeah, that's that's pretty amazing. So, Amen. Anyway. Well, we're going to bypass the break right now. That's right. Um, we got connected with Brother George, and Amen. I really want to jump right in this yeah. discussion if that's okay. Let's go for uh, it. Brother George, can you hear me? I can hear you fine. Oh, hallelujah. So glad that we're connected. Amen. We have the worst <laughs> struggle sometimes trying to connect. Um, and I, I don't, know. the enemy must not want you on here, uh, for sure. Uh, something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so um, I know a lot of our listeners right now, we're praying, we're interceding. Um, you know, we love Israel here tremendously, and we honor, um, as the Scripture commands us to, and pray. So, um, I'd right. love just to jump right into it and, you know, give us some insight into what's going on in Israel right now, and then we'll talk about the prophetic things that going on in Israel as well. Okay. So right now you have um, over 300,000 Israeli being called up out of reserve, suit, out of reserve duty. Out mm-hmm. of that, uh, quite a few of my wife's cousins and um, a lot of her friends have been called up. So this has caused a huge amount. I mean, we don't we don't get this. I mean, th- this isn't like a small call up. This is a huge call up. So it tells me. And today, Axios reported that Netanyahu told Biden that troops are going into Gaza. Last night, the one of the prestigious neighborhoods in Gaza, which is where like. Hamas leaders live, and all everyone that has money lives. That entire neighborhood was completely leveled yesterday, and um, so Israel basically sent out a you know a notice: you need to leave this section of the city. Uh, you need to leave this section. Uh, we're, we're totally, you know, and that's what happened. So right now, um, you know, the horrific aspect of this was you know how this was pulled off. You know, that's the question that everyone's asking. Mm-hmm. And as I kind of have looked over a lot of the Hamas footage, what they did was they bombed a lot of the, um, the, the, the checkout points with drones, blew those up at the same time, made breaches in the walls. And it was about a thousand terrorists that had actually entered into Israel, wow. which is unheard of. Yeah. So that's how the wall was breached. They actually used bulldozers. They used explosives and bulldozers to breach the walls. And then from there, uh, you know, pickup trucks full of terrorists were just flowing in Israel. And this is something that Israel hasn't seen. 
Mm-hmm. You know, this is uh, the, the greatest surprise attack. But, you know, it happened on the 50-year anniversary of the Yom Kippur War. And I, I'll get into the prophetic aspect of what I think is getting ready to happen spiritually and what is happening, actually. And so there's a lot to cover. But um, that that's really kind of the, where we're at right now. So we're probably about a day or two away from a ground invasion. And um, from there, we'll see if Lebanon comes in full full force. Uh, my hope is that Israel deals with the, the Gaza situation first within the next week or so. And then it actually will probably turn its sights on Lebanon separately. Yeah. Instead of fighting a two-front war, fighting one war at a time, and then, um, and then from there, you're probably going to deal with Iran. That's what I was going to say. There's a lot of there's a lot of reports that Iran helped fund this tremendously and was part of planning. Right. Have you heard that? Yeah. So we reported that we we actually did a, a report on what the Wall Street Journal reported. Uh-huh. So we did a story on that yesterday. Um, what was interesting was today uh, or last night, um, the as uh, the Hamas uh, you know bureau chiefs basically said. No, no, we did this all ourselves. So someone must have told them, <laughs> you know, not to get us involved because they, they. I think that Iran realizes that, uh, you know, Israel really isn't messing around now. And now the USS Carrier Group, uh, the Gerald Ford, is on its way. That's the largest aircraft carrier that the United States has. Mm-hmm. That carrier group is on its way to Israel. It actually may already be there now. Yesterday it was at, uh, I want to say it was near Cyprus. So, uh, you know, in the last 12 hours, it can easily do that distance. So it's probably within striking distance now of, of a full, you know, being, you know, right outside of Haifa or somewhere, somewhere in the, off the coast of Israel now. But I, I haven't tracked it, so I don't know. Yeah. Um, now, a lot of the listeners, before we get into the the prophetic things. I'm really interested in this, and I know a lot of people's asked about that here as well. What is the latest with Hamas threatening to kill the hostages if Israel does advance on the ground? Well, I, I think that they, that's a done deal. I think that Israel is already past that. Yeah, I, I don't think they're, they're. You know, the whole Gilad Shalit, and for those that don't know, he was uh, an, an Israeli soldier was held hostage for. I want to say over three years, but, you know, I, I, it's been a long time since I looked it up. But the whole Gilad Shalit thing, um, uh, you know, allowed terrorists to come back into, into uh, you know, release terrorists out of jail. And those terrorists turned around and were actually found killing Jews later. So, uh, you know, Israel's not going to do a, a trade for, you know, a hostage for, um, you know, trade uh, exchange again. I think that they've... They've learned their lesson on that. You just can't deal with it. And right now, you know, sad to say, there's going to be a lot of families that are going to be grieving, I believe. And mm-hmm. it, it's going to be tough for them to, to swallow. But I think that Israel, you know, has passed the exchanging terrorists for, for prisoners. Yeah. I know it's a horrific scene, and our heart breaks, and we've been praying for it, and how many children and women have lost their life and innocent civilians in the midst of all this. And... Um, it was it was heartbreaking to hear and still heartbreaking to to perceive. And I know that um, honestly, there's some sense it's just beginning. So um, I don't. Our prayers are there. So share us a little bit where you pro, you see prophetically all that's going on with Israel 
where it puts us at right now in the line timeline. Okay. So the irony was I was giving a, a what I call the eighth day message. Mm-hmm. There's a, a, a very deep understanding. The early church did not look at the Lord's Day, what we see in Revelation 1 when it says, and I was in the Lord's Day. They didn't look at the Lord's Day as as Sunday, S-U-N-D-A-Y, but S-O-N-D-A-Y. And the reason why they observed the first day of the week as a day of worship was it was connected to the resurrection. And the resurrection is the eighth day. Hmm. It's the feast of, of, of uh, the feast of first fruits is the day after Sabbath, so it's the eighth day. So every week that they worshipped on Sunday, they didn't look at it as the first day of the week. They looked at it as a recurrence of the eighth day of the week. They looked at it as the day after the week. And you say, well, there's only seven days in the week, exactly. In general, there's no evening to rest. Mm-hmm. That there is a continuation. So whenever you see number eight in scripture, it means there's something hidden, something significant. For example, uh, circumcision is on the eighth day. Well, there's a hidden mystery that there's you know circumcision of the heart. Um, for example, uh, you know on, uh, after you count seven weeks of weeks, on the beginning of the eighth week we have uh, Shavuot or Pentecost. And so while we while the Jews looked at it as when the Torah came down. We look at it as, as not only the, 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 the Holy Spirit coming, but now there's a, a new set of ordinances written upon the hearts of men. That, mm-hmm. that now the tablets of stone are now become, you know, commandments written upon the hearts of men. Yeah. Um, for example, the eighth Shemitah cycle. So you count seven years of seven. On the beginning of the eighth Shemitah cycle is when you go ahead and you celebrate Jubilee. And Jubilee is looking when all things return back to the rightful owner. So this is looking toward the future when all things return back to the Father, and all things return back to the Son. So this is, uh, you know, everything has a hidden meaning. So when this war breaks out, it happens on Simchat Torah, which is the eighth day of Sukkot. It is called the Great Solemn Day. It's called the Hosanna Rabbah, which means the, the Great Hosanna or the Great Salvation. So this particular day is a day that Yeshua stands up and Jesus stands up and it says, On the last day of the feast in John 7, He that believes in me out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. I believe that this work at, at, the, at the pinpoint pinnacle of, a, of where it took place mm-hmm. is actually showing to us that we are actually getting ready to enter in or we may have just begun what I call the water-breaking moment. Mm-hmm. You know, we're birthing a kingdom. And so this birth in a kingdom, you know, we always talk about, you know, the, the birth pangs, but no one talks about that w- before that baby's born, there's a water-breaking. That water-breaking moment is, you know, the contractions didn't stop. They got harder and harder, but there's something else that was taking place. And so I believe that we very well may be entering into that, what I call the, the last harvest cycle, mm-hmm. you know, where, where God's Spirit is poured out to really usher in the harvest of the world. And I think that that's probably what we entered into. Now, I did put together a video, mm-hmm. um, and there's a um, you know there's some physical signs that we we will confirm what I believe is taking place. So we'll find out physically in the in the world if these physical signs uh, that the Bible talks about 
is actually happening. If it does happen, then we know that, that that's what was happening and what, what pinpointed the beginning of that, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of things going on right now, but I, I believe that our best days are ahead of us. It's not behind us. You know, the kingdom is coming. You know, no, no woman giving birth says, oh, I love giving birth. <laughs> you know, and so so we're here at this, you know, we're basically at the, the you know, like this this ninth month. And we're screaming out, you know, like, you know, Jesus, when are you coming back? Jesus? And it's kind of like that woman that's nine months pregnant saying, when's the baby coming? Please get this baby out of me. Yeah. <laughs> and so uh, anyway, it, it, it's exciting times that we're in, but I do believe that. You know, God has brought every person, you know, here for a purpose for such a time as this. And so we are now at this place, at this junction in history. You know, his story, this junction, what are we going to do? How are we going to rise up? How are we going to fulfill our calling? And I think now is the time to recognize that we're called to be intercessors, that we're praying for the peace of Jerusalem, we're praying for the entire Middle East, and not just Israel, Israel. But we got to be praying for the innocents in Gaza as well. Yeah. Because, you know, they've been under a siege of Hamas and of, and of terrorists for, you know, since 2007. Mm-hmm. You know, they've been under siege for 14 years. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, you know, sooner or later, you know, hopefully that, you know, everything breaks free and that we actually, I'm actually praying that this opens up the door for, you know, Christian NGAs to go into Gaza for the first time and really be a light to them mm. of the goodness and the mercy of, of the Lord and um, that they can actually see that peace is only through the Lord. It's not through violence. It's only through the Prince of Peace. Amen. And so, you know, we, we have a long ways to go. Um, I have a feeling this war is going to be, if history repeats itself, the, the, the Yom Kippur War was from October 6th to October 25th. So that was about a three-week war. I think that that's what we're looking at, is a three-week war. Uh, I think that, you know, the planning stage of, of this is that you would want a, the war to be over before the winter storms start coming. Um, because once the winds and the, and the what I call the Sarav start, the Sarav, for those who don't know, are these huge dust storms. And they're so bad, in fact, that uh, a lot of times planes can't fly through it. The dust will actually, you know, destroy the jet engines. And so um, you would anticipate a lot of this to be over before that would start. And those those heavy rains and that, that storm system start coming in December or so. So, so uh, it'll probably be over in the next month. Hey. Hey man, can can you hear me still? Yeah, still okay. hear you. Okay, all right. Um, now I had a now this is more of a personal question. Um, as a pastor, whenever anything like this happens in Israel, immediately you get asked about biblical prophecy. Right. And I I piddle around in biblical prophecy. I'm definitely not at your guys' level or anything like that, but I piddle around in it, and I can have a conversation. But how do you start to differentiate, like, when it is prophecy being fulfilled? Like, how soon do you react? How because you know, I at times I feel like I reacted really soon to things and I missed it, and then other times I feel like I waited too long. 
Um, how do you decipher that? Like whenever you're starting to deal like, okay, okay, this is happening in Israel, and I know for sure this is prophecy. Well, like I said, I put together a video last night, and um, what I talked about is if this was a water-breaking moment, there's a specific thing that it talks about in, in Zechariah 10. Ask me the time of the spring rain, which is the Malkosh. And I, in my, in my video, I connected how the early rain was connected to Joel 2.28 and connected to the early church. And in verse Joel 2.23, it said, Be glad, you children of Zion, for the Lord's God is giving you the early rain and the latter rain. Well, the latter rain there in Hebrew is Malkosh. So if you go to Zechariah 10, it says, ask me the time of the spring rain. Ask me for the rain in the season when it's due. And then it connected signs. One of the signs was a physical restoration of Israel. That's in, I want to say, I don't have my Bible open and I'm driving right now, but in verse 8 or verse 9 it says, and I will whistle for them, whistle for my people, and I will gather them to all the nations that have scattered them. So part of the... Part of the prophecy is connected to the the, the 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 Jewish people coming back to the land, and in connection with that, in 1967, when Israel recaptured Jerusalem, there was an event. There was the Jesus movement, mm-hmm. and the Jesus movement was directly connected, directly correlated the time when Israel reca- recaptured Jerusalem. So there was something that happened in the physical. And it was cor- it was it was going in correlation with something happening in the spiritual. So I believe it, what we do is we look at events and we look at things happening physically and what is the result of it spiritually. So in in that same passage of Zechariah talks about the Nile River drying up, and the Nile River drying up is is a sign that you can't miss. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's a. I don't think it's a spiritual sign. I think it's a physical sign. And so, in connection with that, is another passage in Zach in um, Isaiah 19. But anyway, I, I shared this in a video. But the point is that there was actually a physical sign that we could pinpoint that would give us an understanding of where we are physically or spiritually. So what I what I believe is taking place is still a a theory in some respects. But, um, you know, there's so many things that are connected to it. You know, the, the eighth day, it means, it literally means new beginnings or, or something new. Yeah. Because the warp took place on the eighth day of Sukkot, it tells me there's something new. I mean, that, that's what's, that, that I know is a fact. The question is, is this the Malkos? Is this the latter rain that God talks about in Joel 2? And that's what we're waiting for. We're waiting to see... Is a revival going to break out because of this? Is this the, the beginning of the harvest? And we will see signs that will be un, unmistakable. You know, when we see mass revivals, we'll know that that's the season when, when we see these things happening physically, then I believe it'll really pinpoint to us what's happening spiritually, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Sure. Oh, 100%. So, so, so that, that's kind of how I look at things. You know, the, 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 the Bible really is concealed you know it we weren't really supposed to understand it completely yet you know in daniel it says that the the book is sealed until the time of the end so we weren't supposed to understand it fully what we're supposed to do is you know understand the events happening and then say okay this may be what's happening and then we'll get a, a, a definitive 
this is what's happening, uh, you know, and we'll be able to go back to say, this is exactly what's up. Mm-hmm. So I hope that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I appreciate that. Awesome. Um, now, <clears throat> one last question, and um, sure. that I, I just had a kind Lots of, of questions. I, I I can talk all day. <laughs> <laughs> well, I had several <laughs> questions that people. Well, they've been asking, and uh, okay, and I know yeah. there were some other people that was really interested in this conversation. Now, when you you even mentioned earlier about praying for the peace of Jerusalem. Um, okay. You know, if, if we look at Israel now as a nation. We wouldn't agree politically with their stances and what they believe in a lot of areas, and exactly. and their and the administration's pretty liberal. Now, how does Christians pray for Israel and for the peace of Israel and for Jerusalem and all of these things well, without condoning what Israel's doing? Well, the reality is, when you pay for the peace of Jerusalem, you're actually praying for the Lord's return mm-hmm. because there's only true peace when the Prince of Peace comes back. Uh, secondly, you know, the Lord said, Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, I wish I could gather you under my wings, but you would not. And uh, But you shall not see me again until you say, So you say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. The, the, the next thing you have to understand is that God is not hiding his judgment to Israel. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, the judgment that's coming to Israel is so harsh and so severe. Uh, if you have your Bible there, I want you to open up uh, Jeremiah 16. And um, and I, I, I'm driving, so I can't really talk. Sure. But um, I, I should go ahead and read uh, verse one. Verse one says, "I will gather them." Okay, so start reading for me. Jeremiah sixteen. Yep, starting in verse sixteen. All right, verse sixteen. I can do that. Let me yep. go down there. Um, Behold, I will send many. I will send for many fishers, saith the Lord, and they shall fish them. And after will I send for many hunters you 1616 right yeah keep just keep okay and they shall hunt them from every mountain and from every hill and out of the holes of the rock for my eyes are upon all their ways yeah so no just just hold off there okay so the the next thing you have to understand is that the first thing was that there was a calling of fishermen so it was just a a gentle gathering Mm -hmm. you know it's like hooking a fish and gathering and you're drawing them hunters is driving them back home Mm. so with that is the rise of anti-Semitism. Yeah. Okay. So now, for my eyes are on all their ways. Go ahead, keep reading. They are not hid from my face, neither is their iniquity hid from my eyes. And, fir- and first I will recompense their iniquity and their sin double, because they have defiled my land, they have filled my inheritance with the carcasses of their detestable and abominable things. O Lord, my strength and my fortress and my refuge in the day of affliction, the Gentiles shall come unto thee from the ends of the earth and shall say, Surely our fathers had inherited lies, vanity, and things wherein there is no profit. Shall a man make gods unto himself, and they are no gods? Therefore, behold, I will this once cause them to know. I will cause them to know my hand and my might, and they shall know that my name is the Lord. Okay. So... In this passage, it talks about the gathering of Israel and the driving of Israel back to land. And then it says, secondly, that his eyes are not hidden from Israel's iniquity. He says he's going to pay them double for mm-hmm. their sin. It's not like the other nations that don't know God is they get paid double. But then it says that the judgment it seems so severe, right, that in their affliction, the nations will say, that the God of Israel does not live. 
Mm-hmm. That that you know that they, these things are nothing. This can't be you know that that all the everything you you know talked about the state of Israel. This is all nothing but lies. And when they're at their darkest moments, is when God reveals Himself to them and saves them. Mm. So so we are looking at a situation where we have to realize that God has a plan for the Jewish people. And though, you know, they, uh, you know, there's a lot of things happening right now in Israel that, that most believers don't understand that is a very negative thing. Uh, I'll give you an example. Right now we're, we're approaching the red heifer sacrifices. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I want you to turn with me to Isaiah 66. Okay. So let's just go through this in a, in a nutshell. So Isaiah 66, 1 through 6. Thus saith the Lord, the heaven is my throne, and the earth is my footstool. Where is the house that you build unto me, and where is the place of my rest? For all those things have my hand um, made, and all those things have been, saith the Lord. But to this man will I look, even to him that is poor and of a contrite spirit, and trembleth my, my word. He that killeth an ox is as if he slew a man. He that sacrifices a lamb as if he cut off a dog's neck. He that offer oblation as if he offered swine's blood. He that burneth incense as if he blessed an idol. Yea, they have chosen their own ways, and their soul delights in their abominations. I will. I also will choose their delusions and will bring their fears unto them, because when I called, none did answer. When I spake, they did not hear. But they did evil before my eyes and chose that in which I delighted not. Hear the word of the Lord, ye that tremble at his word. Your brethren that hateth you, that cast you out for my name's sake, said, Let the Lord be glorified, but he shall appear to your joy, and they shall be ashamed. A voice of okay. noise. Oh, sorry. Okay, well, uh, I'm just going to pause right there. Okay. And, and, and we can keep reading, because this passage is very significant, because it's talking about the birthing. But verse 1 says, look, this temple I've already made. You know, they're, they're trying to build another temple. And I, I don't have time to get into it, but Zechariah 6, 11, and 12 says, Behold, the man whose name is the branch. Uh-huh. And we know the branch is a picture of the Lord. He shall build the temple. And then verse uh, the next verse says, yes, he shall build the temple. So the next thing you have to understand is the Lord himself is going to build the temple. Okay. The, the second thing is that, the, the person that God is looking at in this last day is the one that is studying his word and is broken by his word, that mm-hmm. is contrite in heart. Then it talks about the false slaying of, of, of animals again. But he calls these abominations. If you look through this, it says, he that kills an ox as though he kills a man. So he's equating killing an ox to murder. Yep. And then he says, he that kills a, a lamb as though he... Is it a dog's neck? That's I, what I he don't said. have my Bible in front of yep. me. Yep. Uh-huh. So a dog. So a dog is not a kosher animal. So it, it, that you know, that's the thing. Then it says when he offers up incense, it's like offering up, uh, you know, uh, idol worship. Yep. You know, so all these things that they're getting ready to do, these are abominations in God's eyes. Mm-hmm. And then it says, because you do these things, you, I'm calling you. The true sacrifice was provided for you. All the sacrifice we're looking to, my son. All these sacrifices were looking to a time. That's why all the sacrifices ended. There is no more sacrificial system. You know, now there is one in the future, but I don't have time to get into that. But I'll explain that in a, in a bit if you want to. I mean, we could be here all day talking about this. But I got till nine. 
Okay, I don't know what that means. Well, I got like I got I got about six minutes left, but we can bring you back on soon, oh. and we can discuss farther. <laughs> but 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 here's the point. It says because they do these things, God's going to send them a delusion. You know, the thing that they fear is the fear that comes upon them. Wow. But then it says, yeah. it says, look, the you that trembled my word. Now, no, notice what it says: your brethren that hate you for my name's sake. Mm-hmm. So he doesn't call. The, the Orthodox that are setting up the sacrifices, the enemy, he still calls them brethren. And it says that they're going to carry the shame. I wish I could get explain this in such detail, but I did a video called Red Heifers, The Coming Temple and the Great Delusion. It's on YouTube on my Worthy Ministries channel. If you watch the video closely you'll realize that when the Lord talks about another temple coming, the Ezekiel temple, that there's actually two types of priests. And there's one priest that caused Israel to go astray. And because they they went astray, they had to carry the shame for the entire millennial reign. Wow. Whereas those that followed after God with all that they had and were the true priests of the world, showing the truth of Messiah, they, they were the priests that actually were entered into the very presence of God. So I, I, I wish I could expound upon this, but, you know, most people never study Ezekiel 40 to 48 very closely. God spends nine chapters doing this, and in these nine chapters, he lays out why the sacrifices are there, the purpose of the sacrifices, why the, 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 uh, some of the feasts are still around. He goes through details about a kingdom coming that's physical here on earth for a thousand years. And then there's a new Jerusalem. And that's the beginning of the eighth thousandth year, or the eighth millennium. Right now, we are getting ready to what the rabbis call the Shabbat millennium, the thousand-year uh, you know, peace, so to speak that mankind has been heading on a course for 6,000 years, that, that Adam was born basically 6,000 years ago, that each, each kind of sec- section is coming up now, that we are now approaching the 6,000 year, or we may already be in the 6,000 year, it doesn't really matter. But then there's a 1,000 year rest, and that's the reign of the Lord. And then it says, then there's the great white throne judgment, and then we see you know, a new heaven and a new earth, the beginning of the eighth day, which is actually a picture of when there is no more time. Because we read in Revelation, there's no need for a sun and a moon. Why? Because we're not keeping track of time anymore. We're outside of time. Wow. And while we're in this period of time, uh, you know, we have a calling. We have a, a, you know, a calling. And look, right now, if you're listening, study his word. The, the, The one that God's looking at is the one that studies his word that allows his word to break you, you know, not to crush you, but to break you and to realize the holiness and the righteousness of a God that we serve. You know, he does not change. And, um, you know, right now the whole body is, you know, in a test. And most people don't realize they're in a test. Um, And because they don't realize they're in a test, they're failing the test. But it's an open book test, praise God. (laughs) And the open book test is, you know, is this Bible. Yeah. And this Bible tells us the end. Yeah. You know, he already gives us all the answers. And so you just got to study the Word and just know what the Word says and have it so ingrained in your heart that 
you know, uh, someone, people ask me all the time, what, what do you, what's your favorite translation of the Bible? Or what do you think? I said, the best translation of the Bible the world sees is you. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we just got to let it penetrate us and, and, and saturate our minds and saturate our hearts. And when we do that, you know, we'll be equipped for every word it sees it out of season. I mean, I could be driving right now to Baltimore from Jacksonville on a phone, and I know the word in my head. <laughs> I can tell mm. you where to look. Yep. <laughs> I don't have it memorized yet, but that, that's another story. But yeah. we'll work on it. <laughs> well, that is, um, I'm, I've loved this. We're going to have to have you back soon because I, lo- I would love for you to get deeper on what you were just saying because I was really um, tracking. I was, Amen. My brain was going in about a thousand different directions. I know, I know. <laughs> There's a lot to cover. I mean, listen, a lot of the things that the Lord has revealed to me is just through personal study and personal revelation. Now, when this war broke out, I was already preaching on the eighth day the day before. Literally, I was given a message about the water spigot and a water breaking moment the day before the war broke out. And when it when it happened, I was like, "This is it. This is exactly what I just preached with last night." Mm-hmm. Uh, we just finished, you know, uh, the you know the Feast of Tabernacles. We did ten meetings in eight days, and so you know it's a, a different message each day. But uh, this particular message happened to be on the day before. The war broke out. Yeah. So anyway, that's another well, another story. I'll I'll be getting with you soon, and we'll try to figure out a schedule um, where where we awesome. work. Well, look, right now with everything happening in Israel, you know, have me on as much as you like. Okay. If I have the time, I'll, I'll jump on. Okay. okay. Excellent. Excellent. I appreciate you, brother. Thank you for all you do for the kingdom. Thank you, my friend. God right. bless you. God bless you. Bye bye. All right, well, we're out of here. Um, we're we're a little bit over time. We're going to get going. Uh, but, man, what rich. That was rich. Uh, that was really rich. we got to get out of here, give Philip Trent some time to preach to. Love you guys. We'll be back tomorrow, 7 a.m. Central Time, here on Mornings of Box 2 Radio on the Box 2 Radio Network.